The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You know the number, Employment Hour, one 821 5900 Employment Law Show. Which one are we doing? Not employment Law Show. Employment Law Show, right. That's why we're here. All right. And Employment Law Show, ready to go, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots of stuff to get through uh, this week, brother, including everything you need to know about medical leaves. Always get a lot of emails and calls about that, but first, the, uh, the week that was, what is going on, pal? Hey, John, always great to be back here, always great to uh, have the opportunity to, to talk to so many people and inform everyone about workplace rights. I, I take this very seriously, I take this as a privilege. So thank you for allowing me to do that, and I hope that on this show, every show, and you know, when you talk to me off air, we can solve a lot of those problems, make those problems, uh, you know, go away, or at least make you feel better. If you have a workplace issue, a problem, a concern, maybe you lost your job, maybe your job is not the same as it used to be, you're being mistreated, maybe you have a a medical leave issue, whatever it is, no problem. You can always reach out to me off air. You can call. You can email. We'll give you that contact information a number of times on the show. Uh, I'm happy to talk. There's no such thing as, as bad questions. There's only answers. There's only solutions. But week there was, a couple situations that came across mm-hmm. my desk. Now, John, I've said many times on the show uh, how difficult it is to terminate for cause. Uh, termination for cause, i.e. without severance, is the death penalty, the capital punishment of the employment relationship. And I had uh, two matters uh, this week that came across my desk that I think make this point very, very well. First matter, actually, I was consulted by an employer. And what happened in this situation, the employer found out they had uh, some, uh, I guess, video equipment in the workplace that one of their uh, employees uh, in his uh, workstation or office would regularly use his computer to, uh, you know, watch pornographic materials. Mm. Uh, during work hours, and the company found out about it, and uh, a, a, a millisecond before they were about to go and let him go for cause, they called me just to double-check that that's okay, they can go ahead to terminate for cause. Now, in talking to them, I found out a number of things. Number one, I found out that this person has never been disciplined uh, for for any type of behavior. He'd been there for 11 years, had a completely clean record, was otherwise a good employee. Mm-hmm. And the company wasn't even sure if they had a computer use policy. They thought they might, but they certainly didn't didn't really give people copies of, of these policies. Uh, but they said, well, listen, this guy did something wrong. That's unacceptable, so we want to fire him. So what I said to them is, not so fast. You cannot actually fire him for cause. Let's make it clear. He should not, under any circumstances, be watching pornographic materials on his computer at work. Absolutely not. That, that goes without saying. But that's not the question. The question is whether or not that is bad enough to be caused. Given the fact he had never been disciplined before, this is the first time they had an issue with him. Given the fact that they don't even have strict policies in writing about, uh, about what's acceptable and what's not, it's not enough to be caused. So they can discipline him, absolutely. They can they can give him a warning, potentially even give him, give him a, a suspension, but they cannot terminate him for cause. So if what I told them is if you want him gone, you have to pay him his full severance. Now, this company had a hard time understanding that simply because they thought we, he, he did it. He, we, we know he did it. He did, it, he did something very wrong. 
But I want us to all remember this, that it's not enough if the employee did something wrong. It has to be pretty, pretty nasty in order for that to be just cause. And if you did something wrong, that does not mean your employer can't just let you go without severance. Not at all. In most cases, when a company terminates someone supposedly for cause, they actually don't have cause. And I think, John, this uh, this story makes the point quite well. No kidding. Uh, employmentlawyer.ca is where you want to go to find out more about your legal rights and more stuff about the show and what we talk about on a, uh, a weekly basis. What else you got going on, Tom? So I spoke with a, a truck driver, and he had gotten into a, an argument, I guess, with his boss or with dispatch, I should say. And he was supposed to do a, a run out to uh, to Quebec. And uh, during the uh, what he was supposed to do that run, he said, "You know what? Uh, use some profanity and said, I- 'I'm not doing this run,' and kind of hung up and, and went home. The ne- and the next day, you know, he kind of calmed down, uh, came back to work, and said, 'Okay, where do I go?'" So what are you talking about, dude? Uh, we we're firing you for cause after what happened yesterday. And he immediately called me because he listens to the show usually when he's uh, doing his driving, and he wanted to know if that's legal. Well, it's another one of those situations where John he should not have done that. It's not an appropriate thing to use profanity with your boss and to say that's it. I'm I'm you know I'm taking off for the day. You can't just do that. But that's not cause. He was a good employee otherwise. He had a good record and never had a problem. The fact that he made this error is not enough to be cause. Uh, it's not a job abandonment. It's not uh, really uh, that bad to be justifiable for him to be let go for cause. So remember that. You may have done something you regretted. Maybe it's heat of the moment. Maybe it's something that you thought was right and you know after cooler heads prevailed, you realize it wasn't. Maybe it's just a big mistake that you made or your performance wasn't good. It does not mean you can be let go for cause. If your employer lets you go, in most of those situations, you are owed your full severance. How much uh, leeway, how much time do you have to take it back before it sticks, generally? Generally speaking, if you resign, you know, kind of heat of the moment, that's it, I'm out of here, don't want to speak to you guys ever again, usually you'll have a couple of days to take it back if it's heat of the moment. Uh, because after a couple of days, if you haven't, it's really not heat of the moment anymore, right? Yeah. So a couple of days to take it back. And if the company doesn't let you take it back, in most cases, now it's considered to be a termination, which means severance has to be paid. Employmentlawyer.ca is where you want to go for more details on this and your workplace rights. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred as well. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are back at it, Employment Law Show. Thank you for joining us, employmentlawyer.ca, the place you want to go for more information about your workplace rights especially. Uh, everything you need to know about medical leaves, this comes up both with uh, you know calls and emails as well, right? Absolutely. Medical yeah. leaves is a big issue, okay? Medical leaves are, are, are a serious matter. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that can happen whether you're a young person, older person, male, female, uh, whether you're generally healthy or not. These things happen when you need to take time off. Something unexpected happened, uh, and and 
oftentimes it's a problem. You know, the, the idea of being off work can sometimes be intimidating because we don't want to lose our job. So we want to spend some time talking about people's rights when it comes to medical leave, when they can take them, when they cannot, what the employer's obligations are so that we can hopefully help ease some of the concerns that individuals have. Yeah, this is, and you said employer's obligations. This is one of those topics where sometimes employers are kind of in the dark as well. So we'll, uh, we'll start out with this uh, right off the top. Who is legally allowed to take a medical leave from work? So someone that cannot work for medical reasons, generally speaking, is allowed to take time off work. Now, uh, in most situations, because you know, if, if there's a medical issue, you may not necessarily be the best judge always as to whether you can or cannot work. Right. Your doctor is that usually best judge. So if you have a medical note from a doctor saying you cannot work, then in every circumstance, and I do mean this, in every circumstance, you're allowed to take time off work, okay? You're allowed to do that. So who can take time off work? Who can be off on a medical leave? People that cannot work for medical reasons where a doctor backs it up. An employer is allowed to uh, ask for corroboration from a doctor. Not all would do, but they're allowed. So that's why it's important to have that. So it's not, doesn't matter if you're full-time, part-time. Doesn't matter if you're young or old. Doesn't matter if big company or small company. You can take time off work for medical reasons if you have a doctor's note. It's as simple as that. How long can someone be away from work for that medical reason if they have the doctor's note and if they're now off? So the amount of time is, is indefinite. You can be off work as long as you need to, to get better. Again, as long as that do- you have a doctor that, that supports that absence. So not every medical condition gets resolved in 24 hours or 48 hours. Some can take a few days, a few weeks, a few months, or sometimes even longer with serious conditions or serious injuries. So really, there's no real limit in terms of how long you can be off. I, I've spoken many times with people that have been off for months, and that is fine. They can still be off. They're not terminated. They haven't resigned. As long as a doctor backs you up, as long as you have something corroborating from a doctor, as long as you keep your employer informed that you're still working on getting better, you can be off as long as needed, and you shouldn't have to worry about pressure from your employer but coming back before you're ready to come back. Employmentlawyer.ca is the website you want to go to to check out everything you do about this show and your employment rights as well. 1-855-821-5900. You know, people, there's confusion. I know you get the three emails and we've had uh, calls on our other shows as well. They get confused between being off on a medical leave and the combination of sick days. They figure I only got five or ten a year, so I guess I can't be off anymore. What's the, what's the correlation there? And And... That's a very good point because the, the amount of sick days that you have from your job has nothing to do with your ability to be off work. So think about it. You know, if you're uh, hurt your, your back and you can't work for the next three months, what does that mean? Well, I only have five sick days, so I guess uh, I, I can't be hurting my back. It doesn't work that way. So the number of sick days that you have only has to do with how many days you're going to get paid while you're off. So if you have five sick days, that means that your employer is going to pay you for five days while you're off work. But you can be off for 50 days. The employer is not going to have to pay you for all of them, but you can be off work. Now, you may be able to apply for EI, employment insurance, while you're off if if it's a longer absence, but your employer is not necessarily going to have to pay you. So the number of sick days that you have does not relate. Does really has nothing to do with how many days you can be off work. Remember, you can be off work as long as needed. If you have a doctor's note backing it up, whether it's again two months, six months, twelve months, 
two years, you can be off work as long as the doctor backs you up. Does the employer, whether it's right off the top or, or any other time during your absence, have the right to ask uh, the employee for their medical information, uh, like even a diagnosis? So uh, this is sometimes often uh, a big a big concern for individuals. You know, what information do I have to give my right. employer? Can they know my personal business? You know, maybe I have a medical condition I don't want to tell them about. Well, guess what? You don't have to. You do not have to tell your employer personal private information, and that includes what your medical condition is, uh, what experts you're seeing, what medication you're taking, uh, what symptoms you're experiencing. You you can't you, you don't have that obligation. Your employer doesn't have a right to ask that. The only thing your employer is allowed to ask, the only information that they're allowed to to try to obtain, is about how long you're going to be off. We're, we call that your prognosis. So are you going to be off for a week, a month? Do we know? Do we not know? When are we going to know that type of information? If you are able to come back to work, they're obviously allowed to know what kind of limitations you may right. have. You know, Can you work full-time or not? Do you need uh, accommodation? Do you need part-time hours, modified duties? That type of thing. But whether it's because you're suffering from depression or because you have a, a herniated disc, it doesn't matter. Your your employer doesn't have a right to ask that question. And if an employer does, you can absolutely refuse to answer. So diagnosis, no. Prognosis, absolutely yes. Short leave, long leave. What happens to your job while you're off on a medical leave? We'll cover that and more points under this uh, this topic as well. Everything you need to know about medical leaves after a short break. Employmentlawyer.ca to reach out and one 821 5900 The Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The Employment Law Show to reach out, get a hold of Lior and the troop. It's one 855 821 employmentlawyer.ca for more details on that and your workplace rights as well. Talking about everything you need to know about medical leaves, uh, their job. Someone's off on a medical leave. Do they they have to update their uh, their employer? Say they're off for months. They're probably thinking, uh, I had a job when I left. Do I still have one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first of all, it is a very very good idea uh, to update your employer to stay in touch with your employer while you're off on a medical leave. I'm talking about longer leaves. If you're going to be gone for a week, well, you know, it's not as big a deal. Yeah. But if you're going to be gone for, for weeks or months or sometimes longer than that, you, sh- you, you can and you absolutely should stay in touch with your employer. What I mean by that is, hey, remind them you're still there. Remind them that you're still working on getting better and that you, you, you are planning on coming back to work once you're cleared. Uh, it's, it could be as simple as a short note saying, you know, I'm still, uh, uh, I'm still getting better. I'll, I'll have, I'll have an update for you soon, or maybe even give them a doctor's note, just updating, you know, when you can come back to work, when the the doctor's going to have more information, so that your employer doesn't forget about you, so that your employer can plan for your return to work. So it's a very, very good idea to do that. What I don't want to have happen, especially if you're going to be gone for a long period of time. I don't want you to forget about your employer because then your employer may forget about you and they may say, well, wait a second. I thought that six months ago, I haven't heard from you for six months, that you've abandoned your job. You decide you're not coming back. You don't want to be in that situation. So it's a good idea to stay in touch with your employer. But bottom line is you are still employed. You still have a job. You're still an employee accruing seniority if you're off on a medical leave, even if you're gone for a year. 
you still are an employee. That year counts towards your total service. So you, you're not considered to be uh, terminated. You're not considered to be kind of frozen or suspended just because you cannot work, just because you're on medical leave. That counts towards your seniority. What should someone do if they aren't approved for LTD, their disability coverage, and their claim is cut off? Because I know there's a lot of a lot of confusion between being on LTD and being off on a medical leave, right? Absolutely. So some employers, uh, through uh, uh, the, a work policy, provide their employees with long-term disability coverage. The idea being if you're off work for a long period of time, you can apply for this coverage, and that's going to yeah. pay you while you're getting better, uh, long-term disability or LTD. And many employers, many employees have that. Well, unfortunately, in some situations, uh, the insurance company that that pays those benefits may either not approve you when they should or may cut you off or try to cut you off before you're actually ready to come back to work. Remember, the insurance company wants to get you off their payroll as soon as possible, and and they often hope that if they cut you off, you're not going to push back. Yeah. They hope that you'll just oh, say, okay, I guess that's it, so I have, I have no choice. Well, number one is you can and you should absolutely fight back, and it's not even that difficult. We have a whole team at my firm that, that does that exclusively, that deals with disability coverage, disability being cut off. So give us a call. Let's, let's push back against the insurance company. As soon as the insurance company sees our name on the letterhead, they, uh, they breathe a, a, a frustrated sigh, and they do what they're supposed to. So let us do our thing. Now, in the meantime, if you're cut off disability coverage and you're dealing with your employer, uh, sorry, you're dealing with your insurance company, your employer cannot do anything to you. They can't say, wait a second, employee. Your insurance company is saying that uh, you can come back to work, so you better come back to work or else. No, those are separate things. As long as you have a doctor's note saying you cannot work, your employer cannot do anything to you. They cannot punish you. They cannot threaten you. They cannot uh, consider you to have resigned. So, yes, we can deal with your insurance company if they cut you off disability. Give us a call. We'll take care of it. And in the meantime, with your employer, just make sure you have a doctor's note. Any issues, any problems, let me know. So what should uh, what, an, what does an employee do that they uh, maybe they're, they're at the end of this road and they're ready to come back to work with, of course, their, uh, their medical team or their doctor's approval and blessing moving forward? But uh, what do they do? What's the first steps? Well, obviously, you want to give your employer some head, uh, heads up on your return to work. It's better to say, you know, I'm coming back to work in two weeks as opposed to I'm coming back to work uh, tomorrow morning uh, just so that your employer can plan accordingly. Now, if, uh, if there are limitations, if you can come back to work but you need some assistance, some accommodation, you need to tell your employer. Usually, you have to give something from a doctor that uh, outlines what the limitations are and what kind of accommodation you need, and your employer has a very strict duty to accommodate. Uh, if there's no limitations, that's fine. And, and so you inform your employer. Your employer has to make all efforts to take you back to work either to the same job or to a similar job. Uh, they have to make all efforts to, to, to search for a job, to make sure that, that uh, there's something that you can do that's meaningful. They cannot simply say, oh, well, uh, you've been too long. Come on. That's unreasonable. Uh, we don't even want to think about it. No, that is illegal. That is a human rights violation, uh, and, and that's not something they're allowed to do. So tell your employer, give them a heads up, and let them know from your doctor if you have any limitations. Well, that last point is, is the last question I'm going to ask you. What if you get an employer that uh, just wants to blow you off, says, you know, you want to come back to work? now? there's no job for you. Well, number one, that's a potentially a human rights violation unless the employer legitimately tried to find a job for you. 
uh, and they couldn't. In some situations, the employer may try, but things have changed, and there's just nothing that they can find for you. At that situation, they're allowed to terminate, but they have to pay you your full severance. If your employer doesn't even want to engage in that process, right. they don't even want to try, well, wait a second. That is a human rights violation, uh, and there could be huge damages that the company has to pay because of that. Either way, if you, if you try to come back to work and there's no job for you, legitimate or not, you're owed severance, potentially owed human rights damages. So remember, just because you're off for a long time and now there's no job for you does not mean you don't get severance. Of course you get severance. You get your full severance, potentially even more severance if you're still not 100% healthy. So if you're, you don't have a job, you find yourself out of work, let me know right away. Let me make sure that you get everything that you're owed. The number of questions you get for uh, employment law, you know, anything under this whole uh, topic is, is nearly endless. But we're going to get to the most common ones we get probably on a weekly basis here very shortly. You want to contribute, uh, no problem. Help at employmentlawyer.ca or simply go to employmentlawyer.ca and uh, do your research there. Find out more about your workplace rights. We'll get to that and the Pocket Employment Lawyer as well. This is an amazing website. It's brand new and there for you to use absolutely free. More details coming up here on the Employment Law Show. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Employment Law Show, it's right here. You want to reach out? 1 855 821 5900. Employmentlawyer.ca works as well. All right, tell me about it. We love this. Really excited about it. It's, uh, it's fairly new as well. Pocket Employment Lawyer. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, uh, a tool that I've created using technology to help people understand and assess their own employment law situation, their own legal entitlements. We, we've talked about the severance pay calculator for, for uh, years and years, and uh, th- over three-quarters of a million people have used it. So severance pay calculator allows you to find out how much severance you're owed, as the name suggests. Well, I wanted to do a lot more than that. I wanted you to, to help you find out if you've been constructively dismissed, if, if you've been a victim of workplace harassment, if you're an employee or an independent contractor, uh, if there's a human rights violation, if there's cause to let you go, so, and, and a few other things as well. And I created a, a program, an app that allows you to do that. All you do is you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and, and you pick the category that's relevant to you, constructive dismissal, independent contractor, just cause, etc., it's going to take you through some questions and then it's give you the answer. Yes, you've been constructively dismissed. No, you have not. Yes, there is cause. No, there isn't. It's free. Okay? It's completely free. It's anonymous. You don't have to put in your, your name. It's easy to use. It's, there's really nothing to it in terms of, uh, of the ease of, ease of use. Check it out. Uh, it's the first place you go to before you even call a lawyer. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca works for your questions on email or go to the website employmentlawyer.ca. You can always make a phone call as well, 1-855-821-5900. Ask your common employment law questions. We're going to get to a a list here of some of the most common you get. Number one is, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. Can my employer terminate my employment? Can I be fired? That is the most common question that I get or variations of it. Usually it starts with, I was let go, but I did nothing wrong and, and I'm upset and I think that's a wrongful dismissal. So, so here's the thing. Can your employer let you go even though you've done nothing wrong? The answer, perhaps unfortunately, but the answer is yes, they can absolutely. Your employer is allowed to let you go even if you've done nothing wrong, even if you've been the top employee, and even if the employer is being unreasonable and unfair, they are allowed to let you go. But, of course, and this is the big one, they have to pay severance. 
So as long as the company pays the severance that they're required by law to pay, then they can let you go pretty much for any reason. Now, they cannot let you go for discriminatory mm -hmm. reason uh, because of your medical condition or because of your age or your ethnicity, etc. But pretty much for any other reason, they can, but they have to pay severance. Despite this, despite this, most people are wrongfully dismissed only because their employer does not properly pay severance or does not offer the right amount. Most people, when they're let go, are offered a lot less than what they're actually owed, usually you know, half or even less than that. So that's a wrongful dismissal. But yes, you are, your employer is allowed to let you go for any reason but they have to pay severance. So you're listening now going, okay, I get it. I get severance now. I, I wasn't aware, but that's uh, that's good news. Now, how much should I be getting? And that's usually the second question. Once <laughs> I tell people that they're owed severance, well, how much? Right. And it would be nice for me if I can give you a, a strict rule or a formula uh, in terms of how much severance. Yeah. You get a month per year, two months per year, and then you could simply do that. Unfortunately, I can't because it's different in different situations. It's based on a number of factors. The big ones are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So because of that, I need to have that information in order to assess your entitlements. Generally, the longer you work and the older you are and the more senior a position, the more is owed to you. Now, because I want people to be able to determine how much they're owed easily, so when they stare at that severance package, they're not uh, wandering, I created severancepaycalculator.com. You can check it out. Again, it's free. The same function is also done by pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Either way, you can get that information. So there's no rule. I want to make it very clear. There is no rule of a week per year of service or two weeks per year of service. It's just not, not true. It's false. So how much severance you get, it depends on those factors. But what I can tell you, it's probably a heck of a lot more than what your employer has actually offered you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You got over three-quarter of a million people uh, use severance pay calculator, and some people still think there's got to be a bug in this system because <laughs> I was told I get three weeks. This thing says I get six months, right? But no, no, it's accurate. And, and sometimes people send me angry emails thinking <laughs> that I'm trying to mislead them. It's like, you know, your severance calculator tells me I should be getting 10 months pay, but I've only worked for the company for six years, and it should be six weeks instead. No, 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 no severancepaycalculator.com is accurate, okay? That's what the law provides for you. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. Employers, employees get it wrong. So yes, you can trust it. You can count on it. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com, probably the easiest way, the fastest way for sure, to find out what you're actually owed. You know, if you've ever uh, received a severance offer, chances are there's a deadline on there, the panicky deadline. When do I have to have this thing back? Friday at 3. you got to worry about it? We'll tackle that with the most common employment law questions after a, a short break. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out as well. It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Employment Law Show, we're back at it. 1-855-821-5900. Employmentlawyer.ca is the website you want to go to. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a great tool as well. Find out lots more about your employment rights and figure out what severance you wrote and tons of stuff. Go there. It's absolutely free. And there is a uh, contact button uh, in there as well. Most common questions, uh, employment law questions you get. Yeah, I have to I, I have to accept the severance offer. Lior, it says Friday at 3 or I lose everything. Do I have to abide by it? What does it mean? Yeah. I get this all the time. 
Uh, and the only time a deadline like that is relevant is if a company offers you more more than what you're actually owed, yeah. in which case, obviously, you would want to accept it on the deadline so so they don't change their mind, right? So if you're owed six months severance and they've offered you eight months- Get on it. Well, yeah, get on it. Accept <laughs> it right away. Yeah, guess what? That's not happening, okay? It's <laughs> not happening. In fact, instead of offering you the six months that they owe you, they'll probably offer you six weeks. Yeah. So, so no, that deadline is meaningless. Your rights don't expire. Your rights uh, don't expire Friday, in fact. They have, you have two years to pursue your rights. It's a pressure tactic. Many people, unfortunately, fall for it because it seems real. So do not worry about that deadline. Take as long as you need to understand your rights, to get advice, to, to make sure you're comfortable. Because once you sign off on that paper, even if it's because of that pressure tactic, it's too late to get out of it. So no, you do not have to sign your severance offer by Friday at 5. A lot of misunderstanding, too, when it comes to uh, employers and getting paid overtime. When does the employer have to pay overtime? So let's be very clear here. Overtime is paid to salaried employees as well, not just part, not just uh, uh, hourly employees. It's paid to salaried employees. And for most people, you get time and a half for hours worked over 44 hours a week. So if you work more than 44 hours a week, you have to get paid overtime. You have to pay time and a half for those hours, even if you are on a salary. Now, uh, the other thing to understand is you also have to get paid overtime if it wasn't approved. You also have to get paid overtime if your company didn't ask you for it, as long as it's legitimate and you had to get the work done, uh, then you have to get paid that overtime. You have to. There's some exemptions. Some people don't qualify for overtime. The biggest exemption is managers. Uh, managers are, are exempt from overtime. So if you're a manager, unfortunately, you don't get overtime. There's other positions, certain professionals like doctors, uh, lawyers, nurses, accountants, uh, some other professions, you know, IT professionals don't get overtime. But most everyone else gets overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week. Next question, the most common employment law questions uh, we get on the show and you get, I know personally, my employer made a significant change to my job. We'll describe what that is, first of all. And can they do that? So a significant change, you know, it does vary. And then there's been many uh, legal uh, disputes as to what constitutes a significant change. But generally, a, a change that, that is a negative one, one that, that uh, objectively creates a different situation for you is something your employer is not allowed to do. We call this a constructive dismissal. If your employer changes your pay, uh, demotes you, changes your work location, gives you a lot more duties without additional compensation, those are the types of changes that the company is not allowed to do. And if they do that, you can refuse. And if they do it anyway, you have the right to treat that as a termination. We call this a constructive dismissal again. That means you can leave with severance. And even though you're the one that's leaving, the company didn't let you go. The law treats that like a termination. Yeah. So no, your employer cannot make these significant changes. If you're not sure if a change is significant, if you're not sure if a change is uh, is something that uh, will rise to a constructive dismissal, call me. Let's talk about that before you do anything. Before you quit, before you tell your employer yes or no, let's talk about that. Let's understand your rights. But generally, no, your employer cannot just change your job. Yeah, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We're talking the most common employment law questions. This one too has been, uh, you know, in the highlight recently. And that is, my boss is treating me very poorly. Could be even worse than that. So, what can I do about it? Well, you know, being treated poorly, oftentimes, you know, we ca can call that harassment. harassment if yeah. you're exactly, if your boss is not treating you the way you should be treated, and we all have, by the way, a right, and the law recognizes that, that that we have a right to be treated with respect, to work in a healthy and a positive work environment, 
And if that environment becomes poison, if that environment is no longer a positive one, that often can also result in a constructive dismissal. So if your boss is not treating you properly, I want you, number one, to document that somehow. Have an email, have a journal somewhere where that's documented so it's not just your word against someone else's. And then also speak to someone, HR, the owner, someone that they can hopefully do something. Uh, get, let them know what's happening. Give them, give the company the opportunity to fix that problem because they have the legal obligation to do so. So once you've done that, if the problem gets resolved, fa- fantastic, that's terrific. If it doesn't get resolved or maybe there's no one to talk to because it's, maybe it's a small company, you got to give me a call and now we have to deal potentially with constructive dismissal, with getting you out of there with compensation. So you shouldn't just have to take it. You shouldn't have to suffer. You shouldn't have to be going to work just to be harassed or mistreated. If that's what your situation is, document it. Try to speak to someone at the company about it for them to fix the problem. And then, of course, let me know and we can talk about getting you out of there if things have gotten bad enough. The most common employment law questions will slide one more in here before the break quickly, and that is uh, my employer says that I'm on a temporary layoff. Uh, Do they have to take me back eventually? Well, that's actually not even the right question. The right question, I think, is uh, do they have a right to lay me off to begin with? And a temporary layoff, generally speaking, is illegal. If a company lays you off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination. You can not accept that. You can get your severance and move on. So that's what you should be doing if the company is laying you off temporarily. Now, if you've let them do it before, you've arguably allowed them to do it again. So the real, the real question is a temporary layoff, or the real issue is that the temporary layoff is not legal. If you've been laid off temporarily, let's talk about that. We'll take a short break, and we'll wrap this uh, show up with some emails. Uh, you want to send one along, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The phone call, 1-855-821-5900. See Employment Law Show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Employment Law Show, we're back at it with your emails, help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you haven't checked it out yet, lots of information to be had. It's absolutely free. I'm talking about Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca. Uh, as well, Nelly, first email up, says, uh, I've been working as a hairdresser full-time for five years. I get paid a fixed weekly salary. That doesn't change. I was let go, and the salon owner said that I was an independent contractor, so I wasn't entitled to severance. That's what they said. Is that right, and does it make a difference that I got paid, that I was paid HST? Well, great question, and this goes to the, the whole issue that we've talked about on the show before, is someone an employee or an independent contractor. Now, what she actually can do, she, she, she or anyone in that situation could go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca yep. and, and go through the questions there and find out, guess what, that she really is an employee. If she had gone to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, she would have found out, as I'm saying right now, she's an employee. Of course she's an employee. She has a regular job. She goes to work. She she does her job. She gets paid, and she comes back the next day to do it again. She is an employee. It doesn't matter if she's charging HSD. The whole arrangement is actually illegal. Okay, She's been misclassified. So she is a, a, an employee, which means she has certain rights. She potentially has rights to overtime and vacation pay and holiday pay. She has a right to severance if she is let go. And I, it's not the first time I've seen that with, with uh, hair salons where you know the, the individual is treated on paper as an independent contractor as if they're quote unquote renting the chair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they really are employees. They, that's their full time job. That's what they do. 
and and if that's your situation, you know now you're an employee, and definitely, definitely, if that that salon lets you go, you're owed full severance like every other employee, and you really got to give me a call at that point. Yeah, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is that number anytime. Help at employmentlawyer.ca for email or the website employmentlawyer.ca. Saul, you're uh, you're up next. Says I work as a payroll clerk and have to work extra hours to get the job done. But my employer insists that I should get the job done on time and that he won't pay overtime. It's not going to happen. Can I get overtime and can the employer say that I just wasn't efficient enough with the time allotted? That's a, it's a good question. And we touched on that earlier when we talked about the, some of the common questions that I get in terms of overtime. So, yes, if you work that overtime, you have to get paid. There's not even a question. Now, your employer, if your employer is telling you do not work it, Okay, and you work it anyway, that could end up being a disciplinary issue, but the discipline cannot be, well, now I'm not going to pay you because I told you not to work it. If you work it, you have to get paid for it. So it's probably a good idea to talk to your employer and make sure that they understand your workload and that if you're not allowed to work overtime, you're not going to be able to finish your job. If your company decides to let you go, they'll have to pay you your full severance. But if you end up working overtime with or without permission, the company has to pay for it. If they don't, you can and you should file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. It's illegal. Work more than 44 hours, uh, if you work more than 44 hours a week, time and a half has to be paid. Salary, mm-hmm. hourly, approval, no approval, company has to pay it. Brian, you're up next. Brian says, my severance letter says that if I find another job, the employer will stop paying me my severance and give me half of what is owed. I guess the outstanding balance at that point. Is that legal? Is that correct? So there's generally two ways severance can be paid. They can yeah. pay it as a lump sum. Here's a check for the full amount. Or they can pay it over time. We call this salary continuance. Uh, and usually that comes with a condition that says that if you find a job while we're paying you, we'll give you half of what's outstanding. Now, generally speaking, both options are legal. Obviously, the first option, the lump sum option, is better for the employee because there's no strings attached. But they're both legal. But bottom line is everything is negotiable. And in the vast majority of cases, when someone comes to me with a with a severance offer based on salary continuation, we can end up converting it to a lump sum payment. So uh, the real question should not even be, is, is this legal? The real question should be, did they offer me enough? Right. Because many times people get upset about the, the salary continuance, not realizing that regardless, they could be owed another 10 months pay. So bottom line is it's all negotiable. It's something that we can often agree with the employer to eliminate. So best advice, best thing you could do, reach out to me and let me do what I do. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, that's email address from which we get these emails in one 821 5900 I think we'll get Denise in here as well. Says, my boss treats me very badly, Lior, and is always rude. He now reduced my days of work from five days a week to three days. Is there something I can do? <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, obviously, if your your boss doesn't treat you properly, that is, a, that is an issue. Hopefully, there's someone, as I said before, you can talk to at the company uh, to, to help that uh, situation improve. And if not, let me deal with it. But we may not even have to go that way. If you've, uh, you've been reduced from five days to three days, that is probably one of the easiest, most obvious forms of constructive dismissal. So you have a choice now. You can accept this reduction, now you're working three days, or you can treat that as a termination and leave with severance. My advice is don't accept it. If you accept it, you've given them the right to do it again. You potentially would have compromised your future severance, 
Not a good idea. Yeah. Let's say enough is enough. Let's treat that as a termination and move ahead with severance. We'll get uh, Louis in here quick. Louis says, I got in an argument with my team leader where I got uh, very frustrated. At one point, I grabbed my briefcase, told him I quit. I walked out. Done. I was speaking out of frustration, and I didn't really mean it. Uh, so is there anything I can do? Well, you know, hopefully, Louis, uh, this situation happened very recently because if it did, yes, you can take it back and you need to do that immediately and in writing. I want yeah, you to right. send an email now, today, as soon as you, 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 you hear me finish this thought, uh, telling your employer, my bad, heat of the moment, didn't mean it, want to come back to work immediately. If they don't let you come back, assuming this happened recently, that becomes a termination and they have to pay you severance. You can take it back, Louis. You can take back the heat of the moment resignation, but you have to do it right away as soon as possible. Don't sit on it. We are done for a, another show. You want to reach out now that we are a complete help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address or simply employmentlawyer.ca to find out more about your workplace rights. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, that's a fantastic tool. Uh, leading off on the success of the severance pay calculator, 750,000 hits ago. This one's promised to be even uh, even more useful. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And the phone number, one 821 5900 Till next time, Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.